Blog Talk Radio. broadcast of the Frontier Beyond Fear. My name is Susan Larison-Dans, if you are new to the show. And this show normally broadcasts live Saturdays at 1 p.m. Pacific and 4 p.m. Eastern Time. And we're actually, this is today, an example of really how the universe can work in that you just never know where it's going to take you. i This show today started out as a favor to a friend where I'm testing capabilities on Blog Talk Radio. If you are a Blog Talk Radio host listening, you know that they've put up some messages saying there have been some things with live shows. And so during this show today, I will be testing some things, but um, we're just going to have a conversation for an entire hour. And since I've As those of you who listen to me normally know, usually my show is about 30 minutes and maybe I go into overtime when I'm talking by myself, but I certainly was not going to commit and know that I could speak for an entire hour, nor would I I choose to do that normally. So um, something I haven't done in a while on this show is I am bringing on a guest who has been on this show many times in the past, and I've been on her show. She um, has had a blog talk radio show and a YouTube channel, um, Joan Sirio, and I'm going to let her talk about her current work in just a minute when I bring her on, but I will say that Joan is someone, both of us have scientific backgrounds. She has a Bachelor of Science degree in Biology and a Master of Science degree in Science Education. And I also, I have a Bachelor degree in Mathematics and Computer Science and a Master's degree in Computer Science. So together, we both are walking the spiritual path and um, have been for quite some time. And so today... We are going to bring our thoughts forward about um, spirituality and reality, and science is just the study of reality. So there there is no distinction um, between spirituality and science when you're interested in the real exploration of truth. So I am now going to bring Joan Serio on the line. Welcome back, Joan. Hi, Susan. It's been a while, hasn't it? It has. It has. And how it came about is rather spontaneous. Uh, Yeah, glad I'm uh, available to talk. 
so am I because I, I'll say to the audience, I, I asked Joan to come on um, just right before the show. I mean, within about an hour, we arranged this. Now I am getting a slight echo on my line. I don't know if it's going out on the show again. This is also a test show. I actually have a second line set up too. I don't know. I'm going to try it. Let's see if I get an echo on the second line, which is a cell, but that's okay. Um, so just one second. I'm going to switch because we're diagnosing. We're actually helping Blog Talk Radio in a way today as well to just see how everything is working. So just give me a second, Joan. I'm going to switch. I'm going to put this line on mute, and I'm going to switch to my other line here in just a sec. And just so there's no dead air, <laughs> I'll say a few words. And you really don't want me to sing, but I could. But well, I'm here. I hope. Okay, you can hear me. Okay, yeah, I was try. I was saying something so there wouldn't be dead air. <laughs> I heard you. I heard you. Although today anything goes, you know, we could have a meditation. <laughs> um, so no echo on this line. Oh. Maybe there is a slight echo. Just like, do you hear any echo, Jim? We're just trying to diagnose how things are. No. Huh. Okay. Well, we'll see how it how it comes out. I will at some point actually ask you to speak. You know, I'm, I know you'll speak at length on certain topics. And then at that time, I'll mute myself and actually listen to the stream, too. I'm, so we're doing two things at once here, but we're having a real conversation because we have real things to talk about. So to begin with, Joan, um, I'd like you to, to go ahead and tell people, you know, because there are people who still listen to this show from long ago, and tell us what you've been up to lately and remind people of your books and your work, whatever you'd like to share about yourself. Yeah, um, lately I've been focusing my work on informing people about what is really happening with earth changes and uh, what we potentially could do about it. And I've done um, a couple of talks about that. And I'm going to be doing a YouTube Live on my YouTube channel, which is Envisioning a New Earth. Just look for Joan Serio, J-O-A-N-C-E-R-I-O on YouTube. And uh, make sure you subscribe and hit the bell and hit all so you'll be notified when I go live. And I'm going to do a whole presentation about it. It's called Living in the Shift of Ages, the Geomagnetic Pole Shift, the Consciousness Shift, and the New Earth. So um, that'll be coming up next month sometime. And um, I do have a... uh, station on blog talk called earth energy forecast i haven't done much on that lately um i'm just feeling my way through right now as i'm imagining a lot of you are of what's what's next i am the author of three books uh one was picked up by finthorn press and i've since changed it's out of print now and i've since changed the name and it's only available as an ebook. It's Heartwired to Heaven, uh, Unlocking the Power of the Creative Heart. And uh, you can get that on Amazon or Google Books. It's about uh, the heart, the metaphysical and physical heart, creative energy, and how we can use the heart's electromagnetic field to create. 
And I also have written in the key of life an activational journey of the soul. That's also all my books are just eBooks right now. That book is uh, a series of nine inspired writings with accompanied uh, inspired writings. Nine, there's nine um, keys, excuse me, with uh, uh, a series of inspired writings that follow each of the keys and According, and accompanying the writings are sacred geometry drawings. So the writings activate the conscious mind, the drawings activate the subconscious mind to break up limiting thought patterns. And the last book is um, Into the Heart of Love, Decoding Love's Hidden Power. It's a new way of looking at love from more of a scientific perspective. Um, so that's also available. Um, you can go to my Amazon page. Uh, author's page on Kindle and, and pick it up there, all the books. You know, you are so incredible, <laughs> all the books that you've done. Um, you know, I think that there may be people listening. And by the way, thank you, Blog Talk Radio, featuring this show number two right now on the home page while live. Uh, it seems like we're just jumping right back on here, Joan. <laughs> Um, That's okay. And yeah, yeah. Um, and I am testing a live chat today too. If anyone wants to jump in the chat room, I can convey any questions to Joan if if you want to ask. And we we're testing it, so we'll see how it how it goes. Um, but um, if you want to go in the chat room today to the audience while it's live, feel free, feel free, because I'm going to be checking that out every once in a while to see what people are saying. So. Um, you know, a question that always comes to mind, and I think it's something we reflect upon, those of us who have had a scientific background, and, and how did you, Joan, come to this spiritual path? Because that can often be a journey for those, um, did, it, did it happen seamlessly for you when you were very young, or did something happen um, in your awakening? Could you share that with the audience today? Yeah, it was a process. It wasn't just something that, you know, I didn't have a near-death experience or something like that. Um, it just happened gradually. And actually, the first thing I was drawn to was near-death experiences. Like, what happens after life? You know, is there life after death? And, you know, reading about uh, Raymond Moody and Kubler-Ross and, and all about death and dying and, um, and the afterlife. And it just kind of kept going from there. And I've always asked the deepest questions like, um, you know, why, why am I here? Why are all of us here? What is life? And, and in looking into the answers of all of this, um, not only scientifically, I obviously had to go into the, the spiritual realm of it too. And there were things that happened in my life that opened me up spiritually. Um, when I was a teenager, um, well, no, I was 20 actually by then, um, my father passed. And then five months later, my mother passed. And in between times, after my father passed, uh, my mother was away with her sister, and I was home alone, and I was getting ready for bed, and all of a sudden I hear, 
Joan, Joan, like somebody calling me urgently, and there's no one else in the house. And it wasn't like I was talking to someone and I heard it outside of myself, but yet I heard it inside, but it was as clear as anything. And it freaked me out. And, um, you know, my father was a mechanic, had a garage right next door, and I just freaked out going in there, especially at night, because I thought I would see him or feel him. And I thought, maybe that's my father. <clears throat> Excuse me. And um, I was working with my sister at the time, and I called her up, and I, t- I said, Jan, I, I, need, <laughs> I need to come stay with you tonight. I just heard voices. <laughs> so I did that, and then when we went in the next morning, there was a message from the answering service, and I said, Janet, you better take this. It's mom. It's about mom. It's Ann Ann, and it's about mom. And it was. And my mother had had a heart attack, and my aunt left a message on the machine. And long story short, uh, we went through a lot with her. And then one morning, I had a dream. It was early in the morning. I had a dream that Mother Mary came to me, and I I, I kept hearing Ave Maria playing in my head and the phone rang early and um, that was the hospital telling us that my mother had passed. And so that's kind of like how things got started. And I just, you know, kept searching and searching and searching and um, read a lot of different books like A Course in Miracles. That was one of the first ones and some of Neil Donald Walsh's books and Carolyn Mace. And then, Went to Sedona, and that was like going to the spiritual university uh, and meeting a lot of different people uh, that I wouldn't have met, probably other places. Um, and um, things took off from there. You know, it seems like um, there are so many stories that people tell, people that, um, you know, may not be overtly spiritual of when a loved one passes of some kind of communication, um, even direct. Um, one that maybe people have seen out there is, um, I remember it from the movie about Loretta Lynn, um, coal miner's daughter. She talks about it. She was far away when her father died, and she saw him plain as day, like coming up the hill, you know, I mean, right when he died. And mm-hmm. she knew, you know, something. And right then, you know, her mother called to say, you know, you have to come home. And it's in the movie, but people, a lot of people, it's a kind of older movie now. But this kind of a story is more and more common. And then even after death, I mean, I know in my case, after my father died, I had a very powerful dream um, about encouraging me on my spiritual path. And, in fact, it was encouraging um, it being very accepting um, at the time I was helping with this big expo that had like everything but the kitchen sink. And, um, you know, sometimes when you're at an event like that, you're like, okay, you know, there are just so many, so many things. And um, it was basically to trust people that there are many, many paths to healing. That was the answer. And um, so don't, even if a path doesn't work for me or if I think, oh, that's really strange, you know, or whatever, it may work for someone else. Now, it doesn't mean that there aren't people out there, I'm sure, that that have things that probably don't work or trying to take advantage or something. But that's not what he was, that, that's not what was being conveyed. It was just that you have to go with what 
resonates with you. He didn't use that word in the dream that I remember, but that was the point. And to trust that someone else may have a, a different path that's, that's not yours. So, so anyway, I appreciate you sharing all of that and the fact that um, it's, it can just be a progressive experience um, because I know in my own life early on, I was always open to things in one way or another, but of course it wasn't until much later that more things became clear. Now, in my case, it was a little more dramatic, some of it, but um, my my own more dramatic awakening, but um, not an NDE, but it felt like one. <laughs> and um, so, so anyway, Joan, thank you for sharing that. Um, I'm glad to say to the Blog Talk Radio audience, and it's it's so interesting that this is this is um, all suddenly working. It's like we we create this test show to see how things are going, and hey, it's all perfectly fine now. So we're supposed to be talking, clearly. <laughs> um, so let's go to the topic of today's show. As you said, Joan, you've got an event coming up. I know you've studied a lot of things, and you give a very in-depth presentation. Um, I know that there are many different views on where we are and where we're going and what it all means, and of course, we're all feeling um, just so many things happening at once right now, both in society and in other ways in the world. Um, so things as they are, things as they may be, um, why don't you open the door to that topic for us, Joan? Well, I guess we'll start with things as they are. Um <laughs> Things as they are. Well, I would think that most people listening to this show would say that, would agree that we're walking between the worlds right now. We're in this kind of limbo state um, and in a huge transitional state. And we're going to see a lot more of it coming up. I think the next several years are going to be very transformative. Um, I do study astrology, and we have Pluto has retrograded into Capricorn, but it's going to be going back into Aquarius, and that's going to usher in a time of um, monumental change uh, in humanity and in um, technology, and there's a lot of AI stuff going on, a lot of talk about that, and talk about science meets spirituality um, you know I don't think that we have enough discussion about the ethics of AI and I think that's um, something that we could talk about and we have increased tensions it feels like around the world um, you know the war in Ukraine and then we have China and Taiwan and North Korea and Iran and you know it goes on and on and not only do we see this in the outer world or the tensions within actually we're in the U.S. so within our government right now but you know throughout the world and individually <clears throat> and um, we're going through a huge shift not only you know in society and government but you know, collectively, earthwise, and cosmically. 
And that's what I've really been focusing on lately that and studying the latest scientists and all of what's probably coming that we are, we are being affected by the sun. Let's just start with the sun. It, it comes from the, the, you know, the galactic center because everything's connected, but the sun, I mean, if you follow what's going on with the sun, you've seen that there's been a lot more solar flares. And as a matter of fact, we're in the, um, peak of solar cycle 25 right now between now and you know maybe mid-september so you're going to see more and more sunspots and have more solar flares and as that happens we are electromagnetic beings and the sun is sending out plasma which are charged particles or ions and so we're we're in a sea of electricity and, and electromagnetics and that affects our bodies and it affects <clears throat> excuse me, our nervous system because the brain works electrically and it certainly affects our heart. The heart's electromagnetic field is 5,000 times stronger than the brain's electromagnetic field. So, you know, we can have heart palpitations. We can feel fear and agitation and anger and you can see it in society. So there's this huge upheaval that's happening right now and we see the breakdown of society. So what's going to be put in its place? And those are the things that are coming. So we can talk about anything I've said so far before we go into what might be coming, Susan. Well, we have plenty of time today. <laughs> so um, I would say my observation based on what you said is um, is yes. I think that... Um, what is happening, I mean, I've been doing this show a long time, and I remember the shows, and you were doing shows back then, too, I think, before 2012. I'm not sure if you – were you doing shows before 2012? I can't remember. No, but, no. No, you weren't yet. But anyway, it's like there was a time when we expected or hoped that things would go a certain way, and there was a lot around that time, 2012, where we were so hopeful. And, you know, there were some speakers out there, um, like David Wilcock would say, he was very popular at that time, and he would say, we're all going to be light beings, you know, like instantaneously, or all yeah, these things yeah. could happen. Yeah. And I think I had hoped, too, that something really dramatic might happen. Um, not quite that dramatic. I didn't think we were just going to suddenly see I think we're on the earth for a reason but when it didn't happen in the way that really I mean honestly I mean there were some good things happening then but then as time went on it seemed like the world was getting worse and worse really in the years after um, it, it felt like um, at first kind of a letdown and I think a lot of people out there probably felt this um and some people would say oh there really was a shift but it, i mean there are people who've studied this very deeply there really was a shift it just in fact i've even had i know an expert on the show a long time ago um it just wasn't what we expected um and that may very well be true but what i see in society is things are coming to the surface um it's just like things are coming to the surface that we need to look at and, you know, one of, I will say to my audience here that, and they know this because I speak to a broad audience 
here on this show. And I know that there are different points of view out there, and there are ways of thinking about things in different ways. Um, and I think most people who would listen to this show, they're going to have a spiritual emphasis. And since I always speak about love and things and I'm positive, I mean, I know that you're trying to find that way, that that's important. Um, but, um, you know, it can come in different ways. And I think probably one of the things I always see as a caution right now is just um, how we come to a greater understanding of of one another. And, you know, there are other thought leaders out there that are saying this more and more that, you know, we may not all agree. You know, if we're not having conversations, how are we even going to find truth, you know, and how do we discuss what's going instead of it's just, you know, my way or the highway, you know, this this is the way it is because you can learn a lot from other people and I've and and we can learn from each other and um I have friends and people I know with different points of view and we care about each other. So, um so I wonder if you could speak to how um you know, what what is your perspective on that and the the kind of the, the risks that we're seeing too, you know, and and how do we bridge some of that? What where are we being guided in that way? And maybe it is a link to the cosmic as well. Well, I think that speaks to part of what's what may be coming. And I think that as more of us wake up, because we are going at the same time going through a consciousness shift, that more of us will be living from the heart and uh, living in compassion. So when you when you live that way, um, you're more apt to listen to what the other person has to say and, and engage in a dialogue than in saying my way or the highway. Um, and while the agitation, you know, that could still be there because our nervous systems are getting... <laughs> Uh, bombarded right now uh, we are all being called to self-mastery too at the same time and so as hard as it is and we all have our own teachers and I know I have mine that we have to learn to become masters of our own mood um, and how we present ourselves and and have level-headed, you know, and, and cool emotions and and always come from that higher perspective. I was just talking to a friend earlier today um, and how it helps me to come, you know, always come from that higher perspective and especially now to think about that. And what I mean by that is, well, what really is going on in a higher way in, in the background here, you know, what's the real reason for this? And what is this teaching me? What is this showing me? And when I, when I look to that and realize that, it helps me to find that compassion. You know, just talking about compassion, and, you know, I think of the word empathy, too, and, and the heart. I mean, you speak so much of the heart, Joan, and you've studied. So few people really know how important the heart is. And we haven't studied it enough. Um, 
I, I'll bring up another topic briefly. I've said it on other episodes when I've just been talking that like AI focuses so much on the mind. You know, they're trying to simulate mm-hmm. how they view the mind and and how they think of consciousness in a very material way, which is not accurate. But what about the heart? I mean, that contributes very much, if not more so, to to who we are and and how mm-hmm. we're linked together. Um, here's one. Here's another thing. I had an old friend growing up. This was my best friend in childhood. And um, when she was very young, um, they needed to move to Maui. And um, mm-hmm. I was heartbroken. You know, I was really young, but we wrote to each other for many years, my friend and I, into our teens, and then we lost touch. But Joan... Before I heard a word about the fire, this friend and her family came to my, I mean, I don't, I was even talking to my mother and I almost mentioned because they were neighbors and not like there was something wrong necessarily, there was just something, something came to mind with this friend and she became present in my mind and I thought of, and and it wasn't like it was a distress call or something like, I mean, it may have been, but you know, here's an entire big family. You know, she may have had children. Who knows what her world is now? We were kids um, and teens when I used to talk right to her. Um, and yet she came to me in a way, and I don't mm-hmm. know what happened to her. I don't know. And then I heard about the fires. I just mm-hmm. happened before I heard about the fires. And, you know, they had a big family, and surely somebody's, could be impacted and I remembered where they lived in some of those places I swear one of them had an L in it you know I was thinking back and I knew for sure the K there were two um, Canopoli I believe was one of them you know and so these place names were coming back to me now when I was and so anyway it's an example where did that come from I don't think it came from my mind I think it was from the heart yeah that's where the intuition comes first is to the heart. Yeah. yeah. And I hope my friend so, is okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, really. And, you know, uh, prayers and uh, my heart goes out to all the people that have been affected by the fires there. Just oh, yes. Yes. And awful. I send the same. And I know there are listeners. Um, I've just a couple of weeks ago, I was helping someone with the show, and they had a caller from Hawaii. So I know that there are Blog Talk listeners in Hawaii and really throughout the world. So, yes, our hearts really do go out to everyone impacted. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, so when you, that's what happens yeah, with AI. Um, you know, you were saying AI is about the mind. So can AI really become intuitive if, if our intuition comes from the heart? You know, we're, are we not going to be able to do that with AI? I don't know. I mean, can AI feel? Can AI have emotions? You know, uh, these are all questions that I don't even know if they've asked. Have they? You might know. Well, I've reflected on this. In fact, I call people to some of the previous episodes here in the last, you know, usually I just reflect. It's really very refreshing to have a conversation again. It's been a while. And um, I've reflected on AI 
on this program because I started out working in AI, so I know quite a bit mm-hmm. about it. In fact, I've done my share here and there of work um, related to AI and AI languages, my thesis. No, the part, the thing is, is those who are working in that field, they're focused on the material. So they um, they think about, um, they have theories as to how our minds work in a very material way. I mean, these are the mm-hmm. same people who think you could capture a mind, that you could capture who you are, Joan, and just put you, you know, just transfer you over <laughs> to, to, to a computer. <laughs> uh-huh. I have to laugh because if you know all about my book, you would just laugh too. If you read my book. Yeah, it's been a while. <laughs> <laughs> nice um, try. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's just, this has no. nothing to do with the soul. This is no. the work of materialists. Now, here's what I've theorized on this whole thing. Okay. Um, it is possible. Um, in fact, a fun movie from the past that I used to enjoy with Robin Williams, who, by the way, I just saw on Facebook, August is the anniversary of his death, which was so tragic, yeah. Robin Williams. Yeah. Well, he years ago was in this movie, Bicentennial Man, and um, I was looking for it the other day. It's hard to get because it's it's locked on, on Disney now, so unless you have you know their channel or app or whatever, you're not going to see it, although maybe there's some way to get it. I don't know. But he is a robot who becomes, you know, it, it almost magically emotional and like a human being, and who can say what is possible with the omnipresent divine? That's what I'll say. The only way anything can become conscious like that is with the help of the divine. It's not going to be because of coding. <laughs> You're not going to be able to, to, <laughs> to create an algorithm that makes a being truly sentient. Only the divine, any more than I could make, you know, this pencil, you know, <laughs> I mean, this is an inanimate object. They look like they're conscious. See, that's the other thing. It's all based on these language models, and they're, it, it's to create, it's all smoke and mirrors, really. I mean, it makes mm-hmm. it look like it's conscious. I watched this 60 Minutes thing where they were interviewing um, people from Google, and, and even the interviewer, he just didn't seem to get it. It's not really conscious. And the way that they talk about consciousness, because they believe only in the material, they think, well, sure, it could have a consciousness, a material consciousness similar to mine, right? Well, that's only if you live in the material world and think we're confined there and don't take in consideration the heart. And one of my big things about it is that not only um, does this have to do with it being conscious, which is like, you know, a bigger goal, but even in terms of how it's created, AI is incapable of making an intuitive leap. It can only put things together, you know, and through a whole bunch of combinations, figure something out. We, however, can just suddenly know something. I mean, how many discoveries have been made? where Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. it wasn't methodical. Talk about Albert Einstein. Look at how he talked about how he made his discoveries. It wasn't methodical in a lot of ways. It was 
it would download. Come, I mean, <laughs> oh yeah. So, if how can you artificially create something you yourself do not understand? If you're a materialist, we're not <laughs> studying the whole thing. It's just a small yeah, no. part of the equation. So yeah, that's. The whole we could do a whole. Show. We may do some future. I'm having fun. That, yeah. We may AI we may do heart, some shows yeah. if you're open to it because this is kind of fun. Um, it, it animates me more when I have someone. I, mean, I just have it doing shows with guests. I mean, it's it's great with you, Joan, because I know you and you know. I, and there's not a lot of preparation, but when you're just bringing on like some new author and th- it, that gets. There's a lot of preparation, and I know you do a lot of preparation for your interviews, and we both know that that um, that's a different kind of an interview. And where I'm at right now, you know, I'm just not prepared to go back to that where I spent so much time preparing for this, yeah, yeah. this show. But having a conversation like this is fun. <laughs> it is fun. So, so yeah, um, so feel free to... Um, to reflect and to see see where else we can we can take this. well yeah where we're going is um so as i said uh there's going to be this consciousness shift and you know the heart is the seat of enlightenment you know that's how we become enlightened and um there's various people that have been saying this and even astrologers i've heard that said by 2026 we're all going to be waking up to all the clairs, like clairaudient, clairvoyant, clairsentient, claircognizant, um, you know, and and uh, just be aware of all these things that have always been there, but, you know, we haven't always used. I mean, we have all these capabilities. Everybody does. So um, with all this extra energy that's coming in from the sun, everything's, you know, energy. And so this is, this is boosting the energy, and it's certainly affecting the heart. As I said, the heart's electromagnetic field is the greatest of the body, so it's going to affect the heart the most. So it's interesting that we're coming to these... <laughs> to the shift and the shift is really mm-hmm. the geomagnetic pole shift. And at the same time, you know, many of us are awakening fully. And so what do we do with that? And, and how can we um, perhaps use those abilities to mitigate what may be coming? So, well, you know, something without even being predictive of what may be coming, um, I have often commented that um, without developing our spiritual gifts, you know, we're confused in our world as to what advancement actually is or what an advanced planet would look like. You know, people are Mm -hmm. thinking about these super high-tech, in fact, in the last episode, I don't know if that one may even, that one may be lost. Apparently they had some technical issues that day, so I may have been just talking to, to myself. But um, the um, when you focus, there's so much focus on these cold, clinical, you know, really dysfunctional versions of ETs that may have this really cool, high-tech stuff, you know. Well, how do we, why do we put something like that, if they manage to develop that far, 
and not destroy themselves, I would not put anyone on a pedestal that isn't showing empathy, that hasn't developed spiritually. Um, and those who have developed spiritually could be like a, that's an avatar planet. I mean, they, they'd be in the forest. You wouldn't even know they're there. They don't need ships. They have consciousness. They don't need, they can protect their planet and asteroids coming. I wrote a story about this years ago, uh-huh. um, about uh-huh. 2012. An asteroid was coming, and you push it away. I mean, if you're able to develop gifts in your planet where you feel fully, more fully connected to the omnipresent divine, which is a general way that many people can use those words and relate. I use that a lot because I know people come to this show from different spiritual backgrounds. You believe God is everywhere. Do you believe God is love? You don't use the word God, use the word divine, spirit, whatever works. Um, these are the answers. This is what really helps us to grow. It's not just um, what new toy we can build. Yeah, I... <laughs> You know, speaking of Pluto and uh, going into Aquarius, and then I heard this woman, I forgot her name. Uh, she was on Aubrey Marcus's podcast, and she was, I think, an aide to uh, Herbert Walker Bush, president. And um, she was saying that they're, they're using all this technology to um, reflect the rays of the sun and turn them into radio radio waves, and then uh, convert that into energy so that we can all have, you know, enough energy for the planet. And I wouldn't say free energy because, you know, I don't believe <laughs> unless they have higher consciousness, they're probably still going to charge for it. Um, but, you know, there, there's free energy everywhere. You know, we know that from Tesla, but they don't mm-hmm. want us to have it. Um, they're thinking of doing that. Now they're going to mine the asteroids because then, you know, they can get everything they need to make all of these technological things from these asteroids. So they're, they're looking to do all of this. It's very, very materialistic, very scientific, and I'm not poo-pooing it. I mean, it can help us. Everything has its place. It's... Um, it's who is behind this. <laughs> it's the consciousness behind this that concerns me. Because if you look at the leadership of the world today, um, I dare say we're lacking in um, in that. Um, you know, and that's part of why we're in the state we're in. Yeah. In fact, that's a whole episode in itself. What is leadership? Yeah. <laughs> in fact, even at every level, at every level, um, that we are mistaken as to what we view as true leadership, even in even in companies. You know, it's always so often, you know, just some authoritarian situation, some boss, you know, that some dysfunctional situation. There's so many. I mean, there can be good situations. I've seen them. Many of us have. And, you know, really the world, what I often find is true is the microcosm and the macrocosm are really very much related. Like what sort of a leader were these people like in smaller ways? You know, now they're like masters of the universe or whatever, (laughs) you know, they want to think they are not really masters of the universe, masters of industry, maybe they think. Um, 
but how did they get there and what because it all has to do with compassion it's not easy mm-hmm. listening mm-hmm. Um, you know, awareness, you know, and certainly not greed and selfishness and domination and, you know, dysfunctional things. So, um, and and I think that a lot of what is driving much of this is greed. I mean, plain and simple, you know, people haven't learned um, to be satisfied in a simple life. I mean, I know both of us live quite simple lives, you know, and it's amazing I'll tell a quick story. And if we go slightly into overtime, we actually need to today. We might get cut off, but we're testing that too today. So we, we'll let it go slightly over. I mean, if you can't stay, that's fine. But um, I, I, this hour's going by fast. I happened to be behind someone as I was walking who was a, a woman who looked very polished. This was just this morning. And um, she was talking, she drove up in this really fancy convertible vehicle. I mean, I didn't get a chance to see exactly what it was. She and her friend arrived in a very fancy little car, and then they covered it, and then they went for a walk and were right in front of me. And she was on vacation, and she was saying how, you know, she she didn't want to go back to the office because there would be so much work to do and that someone at the office had messaged her and said she went back in the office and came back to 800 email messages. Uh And so I'm listening to this conversation, (laughs) watching these two women who were very well dressed, you know, and just so polished here. And I thought, and I I thought about my life. Yeah. And I thought, Mm -hmm. I thought about, you know, I have my struggles. For sure. And, you know, it's not all perfect, my simple life. And um, But I thought, okay, where is there really more peace? Because I would wager that, that that woman, you know, I don't know, maybe she would like a different life, but I got the feeling she wants her fancy car. And, um, you know, usually I see men in fancy cars. It's rare to see a woman in, I mean, not to not to stereotype, but it's actually kind of true in, in the neighborhood if I happen to see someone. But whatever, whatever their gender, whatever the situation, what is true satisfaction? What are your goals? Who do you want to be in life? What do you want to experience? Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I certainly wouldn't want to go back to the office right. to 800. I mean, I've had yeah. those jobs. Yeah. I mean, you've had those jobs. I mean, yeah. oh, my gosh, and I just yeah. am so thankful for my life. Yeah, we're being asked that question right now. You know, and Pluto and Aquarius is also about humanity. And, you know, so what's good for all of us, we're being asked these questions because society is breaking down. We can see this. What are we going to rebuild? You know, and it's up to us, and it's not us just sitting back and, you know, watching it go go by. I mean, we're all being called to do our part and, you know, play an active role in this. Um, yeah. How do we want this world to look? I mean, we're at a really important point, you know, and so how, what is that new earth going to look like? You know, how yep. are we going to see that new earth? And that's up to us. And well, so in a all way, the choices we make have to be made from, you know, what's good for, you know, for all of us, not just for all mm-hmm. me because I need all these, all this dollars and, you know, mm-hmm. no. And, you know, it can start simply, I mean, just talking about, it. I was just thinking, what are we doing right now that we have any interest in this at all, right? You know, uh, that, that 
just simple ways, simple conversations. I mean, this one mm-hmm. is on Blog Talk Radio, but and other places. Um, but it has to start somewhere. And yeah, it starts it with starts, the individual. Yeah, it starts where it starts we are. It starts with each of us. Yeah, to ask ourselves the questions: How do I want my life to look now? What mm-hmm. is really important to me? What do I want for my children? Yeah. You know, how how do I want to create a life for myself? Do I want to do the, you know, nine to seven? It's not nine to five, you know. Nobody ever works just eight oh, hours or longer. It seems like, you know, <laughs> and, longer. you know, do I want to come to, you know, the 800 emails so I cringe every time mm-hmm. I go away on vacation or take a day off? Do you want that lifestyle or do you want the lifestyle where I can choose to do what I want for this day? You know, yes, I have work to do, Mm -hmm. but I can adjust it according to my life and what I need to do, what my family's needs are, what my needs are. mm -hmm. And, you know, when you live, I wondered as I was walking behind these women, you know, they weren't even able to enjoy. It was a beautiful place. And it's nice. A lot of people don't even walk. When I'm walking, I don't see very many people. That happened to me on Sunday. I'm walking and I'm looking around. It wasn't that early. And it's like, where is everybody? I mean, beautiful day. Everybody is home. And they're not, they don't get out into beauty. And no, no matter where you nature. are. No. no. And and so you can never get away from that frenetic world. I mean, it's not to say that we're free from worry. I mean, I'm not. I mean, I have this show about fear. It's about a relationship with fear, and you can work on it. But I have my worries, of course. But um, it's a it's a process. It's a process. So, Joan, as we look, you know. We're never going to be able to cover everything in it. It's interesting reconnecting with you because we probably could go. We could we could test Blog Talk Radio for three hours if the show would go that long. <laughs> I, I know you could. could. <laughs> well, you know me. I talk, see. That's it. You know, I have my own show, so I can just talk. <laughs> but um, but it's nice to to have this. Um, my question as you were speaking, I think what we're all working with right now, if we're aware, is it can feel uncomfortable no matter who we are. Here we are. We've grown up in this world. We've grown older in this world, depending on how long we've been here. Um, and we're used to it being, sure, it's changed, but we're used to having things a certain way. And Things could really dramatically change. So, how do we real? In fact, they will most likely. Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. they will. They how, will. How do we work with that? Because it can be both, like feeling like this yeah. is really the way it should be, but then you think about your life and how you've lived, and so how will you be? How how can we come to more peace? with how we're flowing into this or even helping. We may not see it. You and I may not live to see it. Maybe it's 
you know, the next generation, whether we have children or not, you know, we're speaking to people of all ages. Um, and how can we give them hope, too? Because so many of the younger generation just think it's all ending. I mean, they don't want to have children. They just think it's all ending. But in the spiritual realm, there is hope. It's not just a materialistic situation here. So so I don't know. I don't know if that's a proper question, but I'll just let you go with it. Well, that's a big one. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, I think it's obviously going to be an individual case by case. I think some people just aren't going to be able to deal with it. Um, and it may be a factor of age, Um it may be a factor of how you were brought up. Um, you know, it could be, you know, your astrological chart. <laughs> it could be all of it. Um, you know, some people handle change easily and some don't. And, um, you know, this uh, aide to President Bush there that I talked about earlier, I fortunately I forgot her name, was saying that all this is going to happen gradually. Um, and I would say within the next 20 years it'll be done just because Pluto will be in Aquarius for 20 years. So um, it's going to be so different, but, you know, we wouldn't be given this if if society as a whole couldn't handle it, you know? So I think as a whole, we'll be able to to go through this. But, you know, there's going to be challenges with some people. And, um, you know, it's it's one of my my favorite sayings is this too shall pass. You know, Mm -hmm. if you don't like what's going on, it's like, well, this too shall pass. You know, it's just everything's temporary. And um, what I would, was, was saying, you know, before, this is pre and post-2020, you know. <laughs> we yeah. can say everything pre and post-2020 because that was really the, the shift point there. But, you know, before yeah, that, I would say everything has a short shelf life, you know, and, and it does. And, but I, I think now that the shelves are bare almost. You know, it doesn't feel right to say that anymore. It, you know, when I when I see this in my mind's eye, it's like, you know, there's just a few things left on the shelf. So it's not about replacing things, you know, about looking mm-hmm. at the, you know, it, it's expired. It's done, you know. It's pretty much gone. Now what are we going to put back on the shelf? We're going to make something new. Mm-hmm. And what is it going to be? Is it going to be a permit thing that doesn't have an expiration date? Are we going to have something that expires quickly so, you know, we have this huge turnover so we don't get bored with anything? I mean, we have all these questions to answer, and some people it's going to be way too much, and other people are going to say, wow, this is awesome. That's my feeling on it. Yeah. Yeah, we're definitely in a time of change. I think that um, when I reflect upon where we're heading. One of my greatest concerns right now is the judgment of anything spiritual, that there's this really strong push from the materialists, you know, to um, to just say, oh, you know, that's just, um, you know, it's just not real. 
And and so that would be very harmful for us, although you can't push it out. You can't. It, but I feel like what are we going to put back on the shelf? Yes, each of us has a contribution, but my hope mm-hmm. is that we will raise our spiritual awareness and we'll stop judging it. The reason people, lay, they have a certain preconception of, oh, it has to be this. It has to be, you know, talk about items on the shelf. They think it's just that item or that item or that. Well, it's not so definable like that, not spirituality. And so um, I think that my greatest hope and spirituality itself will help with this because it is real is that we do move into a space and this isn't about dogma of more spiritual awareness and and that is the heart space and that is more connection to nature and to one another and and you can still be on your own soul journey i mean everyone's having their own experience um and soul growth and all of that so and that that will help us going forward now let me double check where we're at i know we're we're getting really close to the end of the live show and you know for Mm -hmm. just being a test show and everything just coming on like we did i'm really appreciative that blog talk radio has been featuring this show today so i want to make sure those who are listening live um you can once again um, in the spirit of having a guest here, I want to make sure they know once again where you're going to be coming up. And we'll go a little bit into overtime because I want to test that too, um, just slightly. Um, but please, Joan, um, once again, tell people about what's coming up because I think you've very much intrigued people about what you're all about here. Yes, yeah, so next month, and I haven't come up with a date yet. It's probably going to be about in the middle of the month in September. Um, I'm going to do a YouTube live event, and it'll be a PowerPoint presentation, and so that if you come on live, you can ask questions in the chat, and it's called Living in the Shift of Ages, the Geomagnetic Pole Shift, Consciousness Shift, and the New Earth, and I'm going to tell you about what's really happening about the climate change and what may be coming up, the theories about what may be coming up, how to prepare, uh, what's coming up with the consciousness shift from what I've heard, and what we can do to see the new earth. So that'll be coming up mid-September. The best thing you can do is go to my YouTube channel. Just search Joan Serio, J-O-A-N-C-E-R-I-O, and you'll see there envisioning a new earth and subscribe, hit the subscribe button and hit the bell and hit all. And that way you'll be notified when I go live. Okay, good, good. And um, I'm glad that there's this energy that um, is bringing all of this forward once again where and it, it's very synchronistic that you happen to be here today you know talking about it too and that just happened so um so yes i think that that um, i encourage people to explore and we may have a future conversation on this show um together not just me going on about things i think it's worth bringing in in certain cases, you know, some conversations. So my audience can look to that. And let me remind people, um, FrontierBeyondFear.com is the website for this show. 
Um, I don't quite have all the shows up there. I'm actually in the midst of doing some upgrades, but it's still up right now. You can see more about the show there. And this show airs live. Um, I may do some spontaneous shows other times of the week, but it's normally live Saturday at 1 p.m. Pacific, 4 p.m. Eastern Time. And I want to thank the live audience for being here. So um, one of the things I'm seeing is, um, this may be symbolic too, is the live show is going down, and I'm now testing, I think, the overtime show. But on the display that I've been watching, Joan, we've been a minute ahead. The whole time we've been a minute ahead. So the show <laughs> went live. We're in the future. I mean, just like that. Well, yeah. I mean, I thought it wasn't going to go live for a minute, you know. <laughs> and and um, and so and now um, the the leave it to us Aquarians. <laughs> yeah, I suppose so. It's symbolic, and I think we are seeing. We're still speaking. Last time I did a show, um, just casually. Here I am talking to some blog talk hosts because I know different people are looking at this. There could be people listening. Um, my show ended really abruptly at the end on Saturday, so I didn't have the overtime, but we're in overtime now, and I'm still talking. It didn't, I mean, it literally came down, the show just ended, and that's not happening, so that's all working just fine, and I'm happy to say we had a successful show in every way, so um, just a little echo at the beginning, but I don't know that that had anything to do with that. might have just been on the line briefly, or I don't know what that was, but it went away, and so good. Um, thank you so much, Joan, for being here with me for this little experiment, which turned into just a really nice time together to talk. And and I hope that we can do it again, because um, I, I think that I've been kind of led into this myself, just to maybe open up to more things here on this program as well again. So... And who knows yeah, what else? It was fun. Yeah, thank you. All right, well, take care. And um, thank you to the live audience, or not the live audience anymore. Thank you to those listening across time. And I will see you next time. Take care, everyone. <laughs>